Hey, Boker Tov. Today's daf is daf Samach Zayin, 67, in Yuma. <coughs> Again, we learn for a four Shalema, for the young man Yosef Azriel ben Chaya Michal. He needs a refu. <coughs> Says the Gemara in daf Samach Zayin, we learned the Mishnah yesterday, the continuation of the, uh, of the uh, processes on Yom Kippur, and how they took the person, the uh, person who accompanied the scapegoat, the Yad Ishiti, how they sent him out of Yerushalayim towards the cliff. Tanarabanan, the Gemara immediately after the Mishnah on Samach Zayim Rav. Tanarabanan, Esther Sukkot's fish, there were 10 huts, Vishnei Masar Milin, Hayudivra Meir. We explained this yesterday, that there were 10 huts on the road from Yerushalayim to this cliff, and each one was a mile apart. A mile is approximately the Tum Shabbos, so that they can accompany the person. Uh, in other words, uh, they, we said the noblemen of Yerushalayim accompanied him, let's say they went to the first hut, there were people who stayed in the first hut, they accompanied him towards the second hut, etc. And they all did that, and they were one tchum apart, so they could all walk there to the next one. And from there, the people who were stationed in the next hut carried him on. However, if it was 12 miles, the people in the last hut, right, the first hut, let's say, was one mile out. So by the time the last hut took them to the 11 mile mark, 11 tchumim, and they would have to stop there. They couldn't apparently go any further. And then they watched the man accompanying the scapegoat, the Sarlazazel, to the cliff. They watched him from afar. That's Divra Meir. That's really the words of our mission. We'll see that's really like our mission. There's different opinions here. Rabbi says, Tesha Sukkosai. There were only nine huts. Basar Milm, the distance was only nine, was only 10 miles, which means if it was, if there were, uh, if there was uh, t- 10 miles and nine huts, basically you could have uh, the, the last people accompanied him can go all the way to the cliff because the last hut, presumably, and maybe it wasn't exactly, it wasn't at the tzuk, it wasn't at the cliff because there weren't supposed to be anybody there besides the man himself, but it would be close to it. You could say maybe that one of the, the huts started at the half mile mark and ended, uh, and ended um, nine and a half miles later. There were nine huts, so nine and a half miles later, maybe a half a mile before, doesn't say exactly where it was, but the point was that there were nine. They didn't have to. He didn't have to go by him, by himself all the way to the end of whole tchum, like the, according to a mayor, that the last mile he walked totally by himself. Rabbi Yosi or He says there were only five. They were two miles apart from one another. Why? How you You could do it through an eruv. Meaning, what does that mean? The people were stationed in these huts. The people in the huts. How far can you go on Shabbos? How far can you walk? Two thousand miles. However, we learned that if you make your meal outside of town, right, you can walk to there within 2,000 miles and then go 2,000 miles there. In other words, you make your abode where you have your meal, you can go up to 2,000 miles from there. Let's say you're, you're, you're at the edge of town or here in the case where you're in a desert. So you're allowed to go 2,000 miles in any direction from your abode where you're, where you're living, but you can make your abode. You actually slept, let's say, in town at the border, at the, border, at the end of town. But you, you put your meal let's say night at the 1900 Amma mark from town, so you could walk to there and then you can go another 2,000 miles in that direction. So technically with five, with five uh, huts, all you need is five huts, and then uh, they could, you know, the people from town could walk 1,000 Amas, or I right, can go 2,000 Amas to the first sukkah, and then to the, the people from the second sukkah can go 2,000 Amas, and so on and so forth. By the way, you see over here, I found in my nose, you see over here, even though these people are making an Arab, but they can't eat. Now, we, remember we said the person who's accompanying the scapegoat, he's really got a tough job. If he has to eat, we offer him food even though he didn't have to eat. But the people who are in the huts, 
right? The people who are there, the, the uh, messengers who were just sort of accompanying him, they're not supposed to eat, right? They have a place to sleep. They just they go back into the hut, right? Yet they could do it with an Arab. So you see, you can make an Arab and make that your abode based on the two meals that you have to have there, even though you can't eat them. That, that's interesting to hear that. Omar of Yosef says, listen, wait a minute, you're making cash bonus with the Arab. What do you say? Five, you only need five huts. Amr Vilsi my son told me he was a chacham. He said he said, is a tzchok. He like said if you want to go there, in my day of Yecholim Lasafilu Shteisukas, I could even do two with two huts vasara milim. I could do with with uh, I could do two huts in ten miles and 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 accomplish it. How so? How so? Think about it. The the um, the people from the edge of town can walk two thousand amas, right? They accompany him two thousand amas out of town. Let's say the first hut is four thousand amas is is uh, four miles away, four miles away, right? So w- why is that okay? Because the people who stayed in that hut can some of the people can walk two thousand amas towards town and pick him up at the two thousand amma mark where the other people drop him off, right? The other people drop him off, right? So you could have people going there, right? They, they can walk two basically two thousand amas to two thousand amas, and then you can have people in the other direction going going from there to the next hut at maybe four miles away, right? You have, have, as you could have people going uh, uh, in both directions from each hut, you can have both directions and you can cover it that way too. That's what Rashi says, Blessings Chok Al-Dvarev, Amrli, Imai De'erov, Dailan of Abeisukah, Shio B'nei Yishalayim Malavano, so Shnei Milin, they can go up in 2000, Misukah Rishona, Yatsu Likraso, Beis Milin, and they can go up two miles from there. How could they go out two miles from there? Two miles is two tchumen, right? You can only go one tchum. The answer is that they placed an Arab there. You understand? The people, the people from town, listen, the people in town, right? They can only go 2,000 amas, right? But before Yom Kippur, they could have placed an Arab there 2,000 amas out of town, meaning one mile. Let's call it one mile. Everybody can go one mile, right? But you could put your Arab at the end of a mile and then walk another mile. So from the people from town could go two miles, two tchumen, right? And the people from the sukkah could also, some of those people could make a tchum towards town. The, the, the first hut was at the four mile mark, four, four tchumen, right? It's, it's really 8,000 amas, but, but let's, let's keep it simple. Tchum, one, a tchum is, a, is one mile. So the people from town could place a, their Arab before, before Yom Kippur a mile out of town, so they can walk two tchumen and accompany there. And then people from the hut who are at the four mile mark they can make a tchum, they can make a, their, their meal a mile inwards towards town, let's call it the three mile mark out of town. So they can go to, as they could, and they can pick them up from there. Then the same thing after, so the first hut's at the four mile mark. The second hut is at the eight mile mark. Total of 10 miles is all you need. So all you need is two huts. Cause there again, some people from the first hut will make their air of towards town. Some people from the hut will make the air of towards the tzuk, towards the cliff. So they could go two miles, right? Two miles, because they make their air beyond that. And the same thing, the people from the second hut, some will make it towards town, some will make it towards the cliff. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you really want to make it, I could do it with two huts and a roofs. They can't walk without an air. Yeah. But the bottom line is the, the guy has to walk. He's got to walk the whole thing. Right, right. They didn't have choppers. They had to, had to walk the whole thing. Correct. He's going far. But why? Because... First of all, the general opinion is Erev is, is Rabbonin. The rules of Erev is Rabbonin are Tchum Shabbos. When we talk about here, it's really, oh, we go from this is not an Erev for caring, this is an Erev for uh, being able to walk out of Erev Tchumim. 
and the Erev Tchumen, we generally hold this Rabbanim. So this is a Doraisa, he's got to go out of town, he's got to go to this place, this Suk, this cliff, he's got to get there. So there he's a Doraisa, number one. Even if you hold it to Doraisa, even if you hold the Tchumen's Doraisa, but over here the Torah clearly relaxed it and said, this is what he's got to do. So he doesn't, he's over on the Tchumen basically, right? He's gone. But the, all the other people who accompany him, they have to follow the rules, and that's why you have this. So he says, if you really wanted to, you could really do it with two huts and Arabs also. In other words, the first opinion of Meir and Rabbi say you don't need any tchumen, right? You just everybody you don't you don't, you don't need to make an error because everybody just walk in a mile and that's it or one tchum. But according to Rabbi who says there are five sukkahs and ten miles and they had to make an error, each one had to make an error so he can go further than the mile, he can walk two miles. So Rabbi said his son told him if you want to make errors already, you can accomplish the whole thing with two huts. Commandos all the time. Who does the following go like Chutzme uh, Chutzme Achram? The Bryce says, except the last hut, Shabahen Loigia Imolutzuk. They couldn't reach all the way to Suk. Because according to Rab, according to the last two opinions, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yudah, they basically accompany him all the way to the cliff because they can walk as far as that. But according to the Bryson, and that's the same as our Mishnah, that they couldn't accompany him. Why? Because it was 12 miles and there were only 10 huts and there was no Arabs. So they can only go to the, the, uh, the, the people from the 10th hut can only accompany him to the 11 mile mark. And that's it. So who is this verse? They stood at the 11 mile mark and saw him from afar. From afar. It goes like Rameh, who's really the author of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is like this first opinion. At each hut, they told him, as many as there were, 10 or 9 or 5 or 2, whatever, they told him, would you like to eat something? They never, they always had a healthy person who could manage all the way, and he never really had but it's always good to know there's food. You know, it's always enough. You need it. There's food. So if you have a sandwich in your pocket, you feel strong. You can I'm go Kippur. on. This is all on Yom Kippur. This is all on Yom Kippur. Right, right. They were offering him food. They were offering him food if, in case he really, in case he needed it. He had to do the job. He had to do the job. He was asked to. Add, he was given a yeoman job. You know, to schlep all the way out in the heat on Yom Kippur, all the way out to the cliff, and then he had to hurdle it down and all this, and people are screaming at him and pulling his hair, all kinds of stuff, as we saw yesterday. He's avoiding the crowd, and they're saying, hurry, 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 we gotta get our sins atoned for, you know? He's, got, he's under a little pressure. <laughs> he's under a little pressure, this guy. So, this hair or the goat's hair? Uh, oh, so interesting that, the, um, uh, that you mention that, because in the Sansino editions, it says the goat's hair. Uh, but Kahati says... It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking, right, 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 right. Yeah, you, you picked it up as the goat's hair. Yeah. I said yesterday it was his, his hair. Uh, but, uh, Kati says it's his hair. No, I just thought The Mepharsh say it was no. his hair. It was his hair, yeah, yeah, yeah it was his hair. Um, there was another thing I wanted to mention. I you mentioned it as yesterday. What did I say that the, um, I forgot, there was something I wanted to point out. I asked the question yesterday, and I didn't have an answer, and I saw the answer, and I can't remember what the question was now. But anyway, um, but, pardon Welcome to the club, yeah, yeah. Uh, something about the sukkahs or something, I forgot something, I asked something yesterday, I can't remember. Okay, anyway, um, so, now what did he do when he got there? Cholik this this uh, this uh, crimson uh, string or, or, or strap that he did, he split that into two, uh, and he put half on a, on a rock next to the cliff, and half he tied, he tied onto the, uh, you know, retied. It was actually on, it was already on the animal's head. Now he retied that. Why doesn't he just tie the whole thing to the cellar, right, to, to, to the rope? So it's keeping the mitzvah of the sawyer. Since the mitzvah is to put it on, to, the mitzvah of the sawyer, not, the, not that the mitzvah is to put it on the sawyer, the mitzvah is to complete the job of the sawyer. I mentioned yesterday, or the day before, that 
the key, the main part of the, your, the, the kapara is done as soon as you did the hagrala. You did the hagrala, you said you designated this animal for sarlazazo. Okay, it's done the main job already. Now you can continue, you makrav the, the sawyer lashem, and you do the dam and all that. Fine, that's the main thing it's done. Your yotze, if, if the animal was not thrown down the cliff, they still have their kapara. But, but since it's a mitzvah to do it that way, we're afraid if you leave, if you put the whole, uh, the whole uh, scarlet uh, strap on the, um, on the rock, it might turn white right away, right? It might turn white right away. When we ask for daita, the guy says, okay, listen, we got the kapara ready. We don't have to throw the animal down. And, and that's the mitzvah to throw the animal down. Again, this is a strange one because it goes against our concept of Tsar Balchaim, which as I mentioned, Rav Asher says is a Doraisa. You're not allowed to, believe me, I like to shoot all those cats in the backyard, give them poison and all that, but I know I'm not allowed to, you know what I mean? There's nothing, I, I was thinking of getting these stun guns, something to get rid of those cats, but you're not allowed to. You're simply not allowed to. You're not allowed to, to hurt animals. So how does the Torah allow this? This is Hashem, we'll see it's Xavier, that's that we can't ask questions. That's what Hashem tells us. Keep it the bits of Basar, Dilmakaramabniasvadaita. So if Nikta Kule Benkar, so if that's the case, why do you tie it all to the rock? Tie the whole thing to the animal's head. And when as it flies down there, you'll take a look, you know, and see if it's sort of turned white, that's good enough. Zinman the gummish liberation, because maybe he'll turn his head in, maybe his head will be bent inwards, but you won't be able to see it. So therefore we put we put half on the uh, Half on the rock and half on his neck. Originally, they used to tie it to the door of the ulam, the entranceway into the hechelevitayer. If it turned white, was happy. Oh, we got a kapar. Low hilbin, if it didn't turn white, when it didn't miraculously turn white, I said people were sad. They were embarrassed. And embarrassed, like it didn't turn white. Uh oh, we don't have a kapar here. We're going to die. Hiskinu, so they made a takana, they made a decree, she go koshin al pesach ulam bibifnim. So they said, let's tie it on the inside so the hamonam, the people won't see it. But they still, you know, take a peek. They would peep in to see if it turned white or not. Hilbin, if they turn, if it turned white, Yismechelo Hilbin, I had seven, they were said. So they made it to come. In other words, it's not a doraisa where you're supposed to tie it. You're supposed to tie, you're supposed to put, you're supposed to put a red thing, you're supposed to put a red uh, uh, sash or whatever on the animal, but that's not, that's not necessarily the oraisa. The oraisa is the hagralah. That's what you have to do and you have to throw it off the cliff. But, uh, but uh, this, this, they base this on a pasuk that you're supposed to do the scarlet thing, but where do you put it? Torah didn't say, so this is how they did it. And then eventually they did it this way. Amrav Nachman, Barpa Mishman, Belazar, Kapar. Birshano, Yikoshno, Salashan, Shulosal, Pesach, Ulam, Bifnim. Originally did it on the inside, well, it's a question of maybe he's not maybe he's ignoring the original original it was on the outside but in any case the original was on the inside once the sar got into the desert it would turn white already the other once it turned white knows the people couldn't see the guy accompanying it out to the cliff as soon as it got into the midbar and if it turned white the other they knew the mitzvah had been done meaning they got their atomization if your sins will be as as red as as uh, scar as scarlet, kashel gilbino they'll turn white. In other words, that's what the, the, this this red sash was was instituted to fulfill this pasuk. And miraculously, it turned white. That was part of the avoda that uh, that it, it turned white, and they knew they had a kapar. It didn't even the animal was was uh, was uh, hurled down the uh, cliff. It didn't even reach halfway, and it already was broken up into pieces. Boilu. What happens? They bar. Let's say there was a cliff there. Some say that there was a place called Suk, right? But it means it's a cliff. It's a it's a it's a sheer cliff, and he threw it down, and the animal uh, was uh, what do you call it? Disemboweled, dismembered, faint came apart. Now, question is, 
Would you, let's say you happen to be walking down at the bottom of the cliff, right? You, at the bottom of the cliff. And uh, you see these pieces of meat, you know, from the animal. Can you have enough? Can you give it to your dog? Whatever, right? Can you give it to your, or is it also by no, like a carbon? So Rabbi Shmuel Charam, Rabbi So one says it's mutter, one says it's osmandamus, and one says it's It says, Bamidbar. It says in the Pasuk, it says three times, it says, Vishilachis Asar, Bamidbar. So uh, uh, that's, that's mutter, Midbar, Midbar is Hefker, right? Vishilachis Asar, Bamidbar. It's hefka like the midbar. Anybody can use it. Mandomer, as soon as one says it's osir, the chsiv gzeira. Pasuk says how eretz gzeira, right? Vishilach b'yad ishitam midbar, vishilach midbar, and it says eretz gzeira, which sounds like something tough. Chomer ve'oz isr. It's gzeira, you know, you can't touch it. Mandomer sur and high midbar marvel. What does he do with the word midbar, which sounds like it's free? It's 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 uh, it's hefka. The Bible like Tanya says it three three times in this parsha. Of the Sarlazazel doesn't use the word midbar or a similar word. It says Hamidbara, Hamidbara, Bamidbar. Rashi quotes the three Psukim. And the third line of Rashi, Hamidbara, three third line for the three words, Hamidbara, Hamidbara, Bamidbar, Shalosh Mikros, Beinyan, Lashalchasalazazel, Hamidbara, number one. Number two, Vishilach Biad Ishiti Hamidbara, and then says Vishilach Hasasir, Bamidbar. So it says three times. Why? To teach you that these rules, that this uh, this procedure that they did in Kippur applied, whether there was a Mishkan in Nov and Gibbon, whether it was in Shiloh or whether it was in the Basilom, the Basilom which applies in all things. That's what the word Midbar is for. It's part of the, it's part of the trilogy of the three uh, Midbars that teach you that it applied in all, in all Makomot HaMikdash. Okay, the Idach, so the one who learns that it's Mutter, what does he do with the word Gzeira? Gzeira sounds like it's, it's, it's Usr, you know, it's, it sounds, sounds like Gzeira. Mayavale, at a tiny, what does Gzeira mean? It says, it says El Eretz Gzeira, right? Uh, it says Gzeira. What does that mean that it's called Eretz Gzeira? So he says, Ein Gzeira Ella Chatucha. It's cut. Chatucha. What does it mean? Suk Chatuch Beskifa, Kokach. It's not a slanted cliff. It's a, what we call a sheer cliff. It's straight down, you know, it's straight down vertical. Uh, that's what means Gzeira. It's like cut off. Davaracha Ein Gzeira Ella Davara Mesgazer. Some, it's something that cuts it up as it goes down. Rashi says Mesgazer means the animal falls apart. Asar Mesgazer Evarim Varim. It gets cut up there. That's Gzeira. Davaracha Gzeira. Why is it called Zerah? Shemitah might say, what's this for? I understand a carbon, okay, the blood, yeah. What are you throwing an animal off a cliff for? You know, it's clearly going to be painful. What's the purpose of it? You know, you, we said that it's enough if you did the Hagrola, you'll get the Kapara. What do you need it for? Talmudomer, Ani Hashem, Ani Hashem Gezartiv. It's Xera Milfanai. You have no business to question my rules. In other words, why it's called Xera, it's Xera from Hashem. Amarava. Mesavik Madama Mutarim. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the Mishkan Shiloh right. was a lot more than 12 mil from, from Azazel, from where they had to throw it off. Maybe there were different cliffs. Yes. Different cliffs. It's not necessarily well, that it was one place. No, not that there. Su- 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 mean a cliff. Not yet. It could be, it could be once, wherever they had the base, wherever they had the, the uh, base of Mikdash or the Mishkan, there was probably one there. Now, the, the 12 miles is probably speaking about the base of Mikdash, but there was maybe another cliff in that area there that they used there. It had to be... A, it had to be a midbar with a cliff, but it necessarily not necessarily the same one. So, um, so the Gemara now says, "Amar Rav It's probably like the one who says that you're allowed to have enough from it. Why? In other words, you know, if you're at the bottom of the cliff and you know what's going on, so you know what the animal it is. But maybe some guy is walking around a few days later. He sees some meat that's rotten, and his animal's hungry. He doesn't know what it is. How could the Torah make something that's usher, right? And say something be a takali. You'll have a mishap over here because the guy's not going to know. 
the same, where do you have the same concept by the state Tziporim of the Mitzorah? One is sacrificed, right? One is, uh, and one is sent away. So the, we have the Gemara. Is it Mutter Bana? It must be Mutter Bana. Because some guy is going to catch the bird and they're going to shecht it and bring it home. They're going to have, uh, they're going to have uh, you know, for, they're, going to have, they're going to have a nice bird for dinner. He's not going to know that it was part of the Mitzorah. So the Torah wouldn't allow something like that to happen. Therefore, it's probably that it's Mutter. Tan Rabbanan. The Pasikos, and we, we said this is called the Sar Lashem, uh, the, the, the Sar HaMishtaleh, the one that sent the scapegoat, right? The one that's uh, Lazazel, right? What's Lazazel? What does that word Azazel mean? Azazel is like a combination of the word Az, which is strong, you know, firm, and El, which is uh, very mighty, very rough. So, Tarabon Azazel, she Azvakosh, it should be strong and rough, very strong. What does that mean? Yachal Yishuv. Okay, so uh, maybe this maybe this place is uh, in an inhabited area. Tamalobar Midbar. It's got to be in the Midbar. It's got to be in the wilderness. Shibitzok. How do we know it's got to be a cliff? Tamalobar Xera. It's got to be Xera. It's got to be a place which is like you know cut off. Uh, it's got to be a cliff, something like that. So it's got to be La Zozel. So La Zozel. We're talking about the place itself. Rather, it's called La Zozel. In English, we say scapegoat, right? He's, he takes the punishment for us, but he takes the uh, responsibility for the people, um, atones for the people. But the real translation is, Mishtalech means one sent away. Now, Zazel means Azazel to that place, which is uh, strong and rough. It's the, it's the fir- strongest or the, uh, the, the toughest of all the mountains. He took the mighty ones of the of the people again, this is the word ale. Rashi says over here. Take a look at Rashi. Um, uh, where's the Rashi? Uh, there's a small Rashi here. How's it going here? She az v'kasha ale loshin kasha. Ale here means something strong, something mighty. And that's what it means over here. So azazel is a combination of those az and ale. Uh, Tan Rebbe Shmuel azazel shemachaper amaisa uzav azael. Pasuk and begin in Bereshis we learn. The end of uh, of the Parshas Brachis, not Chumash Brachis, and Parshas Brachis, it says, it says there, Vayiru Bnei Hu Elohim Esbenosa Adam Kidoseina Vayaslan Nashim. In other words, angels came down. These were angels, angels of Chabalim, destructive angels. Uza and Azael were destruction, were destructive angels who came down and uh, and feasted on the uh, on the girls, on on humans, and uh, as a punishment, this uh, Zazel is a machaper for that uh, sin. How's Mechapah for the angels? A little bit hard to understand, right? So there's all kinds of Torah about that. Tan Rabbanim. Pusik says, and I'm quoting the Pusik at the end of Achremos, not at the Parsha, not the Parsha of uh, Yom Kippur, but the end it says, everybody's showing the Parsha of, of the Arias there. It says, right? It says, don't do the, uh, the horrible things, the, uh, uh, the sexual misconduct and all the kind of stuff that the Goyim did. Pasuk says in Perik Yud Ches Pasuk Dal Bayikra Es Mishpatai Tasu Do my my ordinances my laws Ves Chukosai Tishmuru Lechaspem and guard my Chukim. This is this week of Parshas Chukas. We know Chukas is something we don't understand. Ani Hashem Alukechem. That's the Pasuk. So now he dashes. Sarabban Es Mishpatai Tasu Dvarim. What is Mishpatai? Laws. It's it's understandable. These are are common sense. Sheil Malayinol Nechtabu. Even if they hadn't been written, it makes sense to write them. In other words, if God forbid there would not be a Torah, 
normal people would have anyway, so to speak, inherently felt that it makes sense to do this. These are things you shouldn't do, even if Hashem wouldn't have told us these things. You shouldn't curse Hashem, you shouldn't steal from one another, you shouldn't kill people. Avodah doesn't make any sense. These are things which are, nor, which are you know, you could, you could think of these things on your own. But as Chukosai Tishmeru, the next part of the Pesach, the laws which we don't understand, Right, Tishmi these regards Varm Shasat Meshavalein. The Sat Mashi says is the Yitzhahara. Tells you, what do you do this for? Elaine. Achilles says, What's wrong with eating pig? What harm is there in wearing shatnas? Khalitsa Sivam, why do you have to give Khalitsa to Yavam or let her just get married? Taras Matsora, how did you have to be purified that way? Let him go. Matsora's gone. They, they, once the disease leaves, that's it. Should be good. Sarmishalech, what a sense of Sarmishalech. You throw this animal off the cliff and it's causing him pain. Shematomer Maisito, maybe all these things don't make any sense. Tamalomer Ani Hashem. End of Pasuk Ani Hashem. Ani Hashem Chekaktiv. I made these laws, right? The Ain Lachavashus Labra, and you have no Rashus to question them. So I've, uh, I've made these laws. So that's what the, that's the idea here. This is brought down here because of the same idea we said. Eretz Gezerah, you think this is a crazy law, you think you're making it and stuff, no, I made this law. Amos I, the time we got him. when are the begotten of the person, the Ish Iti, when do, when do his begotten become Tameh? So we had a machlokis on our mission in the Gemara, and the Bryce expands it. The person who is taking out the, yeah, the Ish Iti, the person who actually accompanies the animal, he is the one who is, his garments become Tameh. But the other people, the noblemen who accompany him from hut to hut, etc., or from Yishlam to the first hut and go on and so, so forth, they are, don't become Tameh. Maybe as soon as he leaves the Azar, his, gar, his garments are Tameh. When he sends them, right? So Rashi says, so it's only when he actually sends it away. When he just left the Azara, he hasn't sent it away yet. He's still accompanying it. So maybe he doesn't become Tomei until he actually reaches the cliff. Rashi says, And the one who sent it, meaning he already sent it away, as soon as he's towards the Midbar, he's Tomei. Okay, so how does that work? It's not as soon as he leaves, because he wasn't Mishalech yet. And the Hamishalech sounds like, when he gets to the tzitzuk, he's already, meaning he's already out there, he's tummy, okay. says, his garments become tummy as soon as he leaves the wall of Yerushalayim, before, as he's entering the Midbar. The Pasuk says, Azazel, this place, this, uh, this hard and rough place, until he actually gets to the to the cliff, until he gets to the Makam Azazel, sends him Azazel, sends him Azazel. That's like the name of the place, right? We saw the Sar Azazel, but it's, it's that, that place is called Azazel. So when he gets to that place, then he becomes Tameh. As soon as he throws it off headlong into down the cliff, he only becomes Tameh when he throws it down. So we have three pins. Rabbi Yudah says when he leaves Yerushalayim. Rabbi Shimon says as he, when he reaches the cliff. And uh, uh, Rabbi Yudah says rather, Rabbi Yossi says when he reaches the cliff. And Rabbi Shimon says when he actually throws it down. And that was what we said in the Mishnah. Only when he throws it down. So the mission brought down two opinions. We have Rabbi opinion, as soon as he reaches the cliff, he becomes stomach. So three opinions as to when he becomes stomach. Now, the Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol said, bye-bye, you know, he sent the Son of he gave him over to the, to the guy outside there, and the guy went outside of Shalim, but the Kohen Gadol stays home. He's at the, in the base of Migdash. So now he continues the process. What was the process? He finished all the Zerikas of them, the 43 or the 47 sprinklings. Now he comes back to the Par and the Sa'ir, 
the one that he's sprinkled the dam on, and a sarafim, they're supposed to be burned. Karin, he ripped them open, he rips them open in order to take out the fatty parts, the kloyos, etc., the emurim. Nasnan, he put them on a plate, he put them on a plate there, the these emurim, these fatty parts. And he burnt them on his back. It sounds like he burnt them now. But Gemara's going to say, right, not now. He's not burning them now. He's still wearing, the, he's still wearing his white clothes. He's got to switch into the gold clothes to bring the Elo and Elam, and then he's got to switch back into the white clothes every time going to the mikvah, mm-hmm. and then coming out uh, to, to pull the uh, machta and the kaf out, and then after it's all done, and he does the carbon musaf, then he's machter all day murim. So he's not, the Tiran al is not exactly right. But anyway, okay, it's, we'll see, it means to be machter the murim, puts them on a plate. Then what does he do with the animals? Kalan the clothes. He puts them on poles. He braids them. He twi- twists them on t- poles. Vote see on the base strip and take them on the base strip. In other words, like you see those pictures of the of the uh, tour guides. You know, you had you have two guys. You know, two guys with two poles. Two guys one one and one. And there's two poles. So there's four guys. Two in the front. Two in the back. And they got these poles. And both the animals are twisted and braided on these two poles. And they carry them outside of Yerushalayim. So they say, These guys who carry out the par, par and the sar, also their goals become Tamei. As soon as he leaves the Azara. Rabbi Shimon says, or Once the fire starts, and grab most of it. Once the fire is started and, and spread on the animals, and you burn them, then they become Tamei. He's not mocked it right then and there. Before he switched into the third operation, the golden clothes, etc. He puts them on a plate to be mocked him later on. Come back close. And then he basically he twists them and ties them onto these poles. Come in clear, like a braid. He braids them together. In other words, when it comes to a carbon ola, regular ola man is a, is a total animal that's totally burnt. But the, as we'll see, it's first skinned, it's flayed. They take it off and then they cut it up. So here he says, you didn't, They didn't cut it up like basarola, ella, or gabi basar. But in other words, it wasn't flayed, it wasn't skinned. The or was together, the basar. How do we know? Over here, in, in Yom Kippur, it says, or basar takes, you, you burn the or, the, the, the hide. The, that's the outer skin, the bust of the flesh, uparash, and the dung of the animal. The never the or bust brush. Where does it say that? It says that where, at the beginning in, in Perak Dal when it talks about the parkon mashiach. The parkon mashiach, if a, if a parkon, if a going gadol sins by a psak of his own, there's also this parkon parkon mashiach. Parkon is when the tzibur sin, parkon mashiach is when the going gadol sin. It says over there by Parmas it says Orbos. Those are also Parmas Rafim. Every day in Ezra Makam we say Parmas Rafim, Simonas Rafim. We say Parmim, Sabim, Kippur, and the Parmas Rafim, they're burnt. That's the Parmas Rafim, Shalsiba, the Parkon Mashiach. So it says by Parmas Orbos or Parash, and the dung. Malon and Aideni Tuch. Just like by, by the Parkon Mashiach, it's cut up. He does cut it. It's right, because when he takes it out this way, it's still, it's, it's on the pulse. He cuts it up to take out the, uh, at the he takes out the Imurim, but the animals basically, oh, but he still cut it up when they burn it. It's cut up without skinning it. It's not like an Ola. Here it's also without skinning it. Also, how we know by Parko Mashiach that it's, it's, um, it's cut up, but it's not skinned. The Tanya, it says, Vikirbo upersho vahotzi. It says, it's innards and it's dung and take it out. Malamet shemotzi and shomi take it out. Yachu yisur from I think when you burn it, also it's complete. You burn it as one whole piece, meaning it's one whole animal except that you've cut it up to take out the emurim. It says nemerkan rosho ukrov. It says here the head with its legs. The never lahola rosho crime. It says over there rosho crime where. So the the base tells us that where is that? See the uh, base here. 
The base is Baruchu Bnei Akonim as Hamasochem as Rosh Vesa Paro Aitzim Ashoish Hashamos Beach. That's back in the beginning of Vayikra when we talk about the Ola, right? We talk about a carbon Ola. So Malahol and Eitzuf, just like there again, it says here by Parkamashiach Rosh Okrav, and it says Rosh Rikarayim. By Ola, Malon, just like by the Ola, it's cut up. Afkan Lituach. Imalon, maybe by just like by an Ola, Ayde Hefshit, it's also got to be skin flayed first. Afkan Ayde Hefshit, Tamaloma, no. Bekirbo Upirsho. By the Ola, it doesn't say with the dung. It says over here, and it's innards and it's dung. It's all burnt together. Maitamus, how do you see from the fact that you meant it's innards and it's dung that it's, that it's, not, that it's not flayed? Amra Papa. Kishem Shapir Shabikirbo, just like the dung is inside, it hasn't been removed. Kach Basarabar the same way, the busser is still attached to the to the, the flesh is still attached to the hide, meaning it hasn't been skinned. Skinned means it's flayed. You remove the you remove the uh, hide from the busser. So just like it says, by the or, by the Ola it doesn't say Pirsho. By the Ola it says Rosho Krov. Yes, you cut it up, you cut it up, and we learn out that the Parkomashiach also has to be cut up. Right, he has to be cut up. But uh, does it have to be flayed? No, because the parkour mashiach is not flayed. Why? Because it says pirsho bekirbo. Right? It says it says it says bekirbo upirsho. Just like the kibro pirsho, just like the parash, the dung is inside the animal. It hasn't been removed. Here too, the skin has not been removed from the basar. So therefore, we have this this limut. Now, do we have a problem with A to B to C over here? Let's think about it, right? It says here, and it says, or, or, so, so we, we're learning out the uh, Yom Kippur Carbonos from Parkoi Mashiach. Okay, we're learning that that's only A to B. It's not A to B to C. The, 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 the fact that it's the flaying, the flaying that it's not flayed, uh, we learn out, for instance, how do we know that it's cut up? How do we know that it's cut up? We know that it's cut up because the Parkoi, the, the Yom Kippur Carbonos, are learned out from uh, from um, Parko Mashiach, and Parko Mashiach is learned out from uh, from uh, the Ola that it's cut up because it's Rosho Krav. But not, it's not necessarily a problem because number one, one is Xavier Shava, or you could say Rosho Krav, and one's a Rosho Crime, so that's learned out about cutting up. And how do we know that um, uh, the the Kippur ones is also cut up? So therefore, uh, it's a different kind of a drasha. Is that a problem? So that we have to look at it. Is, it is carbonus, it is kachim. So do we have a problem with that? Is that a problem in terms of learning out the fact that it has to be cut up? The fact that it's not flayed, that's only learned out from Parko Mashiach because uh, Ola is flayed, right? Do we have a problem with Xerashava to Xerashava? So double on Xerashava, can you learn to Xerashava? The answer is yes. Right, you do a full nefshet, so it's only a problem with the hekesh. So you could learn zereshava, even if this is a problem with zereshava to zereshava, that's not a problem because you could do that even by kachim. So that doesn't seem to be a problem. All right, we'll pick up here tomorrow, Mitchum, from the two dots. Have a good day.